Want to play hockey in your own backyard this winter? Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Rinkmaster are giving away a backyard rink. Enter for your chance to win at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Let our trained professionals help you come down from the high of the game. Here on the Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. He'll send it back to Matthews. Barter scores! Mitch Marner, one-timer! And the Leafs back in front. Eight games. It's time for Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5.9. The fan, Nick Alberga, joined alongside Gord Stelic at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic, where you can follow along on Twitter. Many thanks to Sam McKee and Danielle Furtado for their hard work behind the scenes and Gord speaking of hard work again another strange one I felt after almost a flawless first period you knew uh, you know, there's going to be a bit of a rebuttal there by Calgary in the second period and uh, and kudos to the Maple Leafs Gord we talk about it every broadcast to start this season how crucial it is to win games in regulation and the Leafs did it again tonight in Calgary yeah Nick and uh, about you know finding ways to win as well first of all that highlights a great one sometimes we're critical of Mitch Marner if there's such a thing about being you can be critical but critical about being mm-hmm. unselfish and maybe take a few more shots and and boy that was a picture perfect skill play but what was it 10-1 the shots were for the Maple Leafs uh, in the first period I mean they were just dominating and shots at the end end up being 26-21 Calgary so Calgary had shot them like 25 to 11 after that so uh, they found a way to win, but whether uh, it's they let their foot off the gas a bit, or I'll, I'll more give the Calgary Flames a little bit, a little bit more credit that they they made more of a game of it because Leafs were up two nothing after one period of play, and I know the Calgary coaches could not have been happy. Definitely not. And again, that's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga getting started here on Leafs Nation post game, a four three win, pulling it out in Calgary, six two and zero through the first eight games of the season. Again, Mitch Marner. The game winner, one and one, and we could start there. Um, uh, you know, I, the the twinkle is there. Um, it, much similar to a couple years back, uh, I documented the numbers on social media that he's on pace for eighty four points. Who knows if he lives up to those standards? But one and one for Martin in this game. But the one thing I noticed scored is the difference in his skating this year. It seems like the puck is attracted to Mitch Marner this season so far. Yeah, I mean, the skating is always there, but it's just the skating, if you want to call it effectively, or more with the puck or having the puck more, that type of thing. Because, I mean, it's it's great being among the best skaters or fastest skaters, but if you don't have the puck off, it doesn't mean very mm-hmm. much. And, and so far, you're right, after eight games and playing with Austin Matthews, Zach Hyman, a lot of it tonight, I mean, they came up with uh, another goal scorer, Gore by Matthews, a, a, a different type. But, uh, yeah, they're they're fun to watch. Mitch is on fire. Uh, I think he's still leading. I know Connor McDavid was up there and a few others. But anyway, you're talking about, you know, holding the lead or vying for the lead in NHL scoring. Fun player to watch, isn't he? Just a real, real fun player. And last year, I, I, again, in the season that we talk about, so many players didn't get going who were new. You had, you know, all three of that line in Marner, Tavares, and Hyman all had significant injuries somewhere along the course of the season. So ne- never really had their full mojo for all 82 games. And you talk about fun, Gordo, just North Division in general. There's been a plenty, you know, boatloads of offense. And you look at all the top scorers in this league, Grant, that were just two weeks in. Bo Horvat, McDavid, Marner, uh, Nikolai Ehlers had himself a night for the Winnipeg Jets. Drysaddle, Kyle Connor, like the list goes on and on and on. And that has been sort of a prevailing theme so far when it comes to this North Division is the offense. Uh, but bottom line, um, I think, you know, so far I've been – Rather pleased with the Maple Leafs defensively. Um, you know, sometimes they have bent, uh, but they haven't broken. And again, to win six times of the first eight games, I think Sheldon Keefe's got to be happy with that. I think he's got to be very happy with what's going on. And yeah, there were only 28 of the 31 teams played tonight. Three that didn't play uh, were in the uh, Canadian division. So the mm-hmm. other game you just talked about, 10 goals in the Edmonton-Winnipeg game. And, you know, yeah, lots of goals, goals abound, lots of offense. And the Maple Leafs, needed to get off to a strong start Nick because last year when they made the coaching change really it didn't look like they were going to make the playoffs they had dug that big a hole for themselves last year and this year all the components and uh, uh, we keep talking about Justin Hall we like the fit with TJ Brody you know we, we saw a chain a little a little tweaking of the forward lines and and the defense this time around to get you know get guys in and that and uh, I, I've liked I've liked the team defense concept they've had so far this year 
And again, uh, just getting started here on the show, we'll have Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca coming on later on. Uh, we'll get to some Zoom conversation as well, namely Sheldon Keefe, among others. This uh, 4-3 Maple Leafs victory, they sweep Calgary again. Uh, seven more against the Calgary Flames this season, but Toronto now moves on to Edmonton, staying in Alberta for two more before they get a much-needed uh, break. Uh, the intriguing part wrapped up this hockey game, Gordon. We, you know, It was talked about in this market the last couple of days, would there be retribution for Matthew Kachuk, but we see Jake Muzzin flip the puck at Matthew Kachuk after the game, and actually Muzzin got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. And I want to bring that up because I'm still trying to figure out the infraction that led to the John Tavares penalty, which led to the Johnny Goodrow tying goal in the third period. Okay, okay, uh, I'm I'm so and again with the Zach Hyman <laughs> penalty the other night, and this is not this is not being Toronto centric. Uh, I Agreed. I mean seriously, you you cannot call. Uh, Schlenker and Furlat, I'm not sure which one made the call. You can't make that call. It, it's a non-call. If you miss things, you miss things. That happens. Okay, you you cannot call something that didn't exist, that you didn't see. And I, I like Chris Cuthbert alluding to it because Cassie Campbell-Pasco <laughs> was doing color on TV and sort of was setting up the Calgary power play. And Chris kind of, you know, just slyly said, I don't think this will sit too well in Leaf Nation. It, <laughs> it, it was a non-penalty. What the, what the hell are you making that call in the third period? Good on Calgary for taking advantage of it and overcoming bad calls as part of a game. That's what you have to do to, to win games. But, I mean, man. Man, this this wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. It, it was more so even on the player. Like, this is the captain of the Maple Leafs. This is John Tavares, who's got a pretty astute reputation, I would say, in this league. And to call him for a ticky-tack penalty like that, especially in an important game here in the third period, which leads to the Calgary power play goal. But it's all for naught. Again, everything seems to even out sometimes in the hockey world. The Maple Leafs respond. And that's something I noticed in this game, the response, right? Even... Even earlier in the game where the Maple Leafs and Travis Boyd, and we'll get to the uh, the depth guys stepping up in their uh, team debuts here, Joey Anderson and Travis Boyd, but to respond. Um, and, and the response can go game by game and go week by week, but here the fact that Toronto responded a couple times following Calgary goals is pretty big for me. I know it's early, though. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And and by the way, there's chintzy penalties. This one's a was a non existing penalty, okay? So chintzy we can <laughs> this this was but how about having Joey Anderson out there so he unfortunately yeah. takes a uh, delay of game penalty, which was a delay mm. of game penalty. So he's got him out there with two yes. minutes left in the game, showing that kind of confidence and the puck's bouncing a bit. Those are the tough ones when you try to whack it out and you know, good on the Maple Leafs, the, the kid who felt terrible. Well, I guess he's not even a kid anymore, the young man who felt terrible, uh, he doesn't end up being in the penalty box as Calgary ties it but uh yeah I did I, I, I liked I liked the four lines going I think we mentioned it the other night against Calgary because and we'll keep talking about it because Sheldon Keith mentioned it last year and it certainly showed up in the play-in round against Columbus not getting never mind four lines going just not getting not getting enough out of three lines you're right. Uh, that's Gord Selleck. I'm Nick Alberga here in Leafs Nation post game. Another win for your Maple Leafs. 6 2 0 out of the first eight games of the season. 4 3 in Calgary, sweeping away Calgary before they move on to Edmonton at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Selleck. If you'd like to chime in via Twitter. Now, oftentimes, Gordon Pro Sports, we talk about laundry lists, but let's talk about. Uh, you know, injuries and what the Maple Leafs had dealt with. I can't believe it's only eight games into this season. So we start with Nick Robertson, injured and out. Joe Thornton, injured and out. Jack Campbell, injured and out. Aaron Dell gets taken off waivers, so Hutchinson's here to back up um, Freddie Anderson. Austin Matthews missed one game with a hand injury. I don't believe Miko Lettinen took another shift after leaving this game in the third period, and Zach Bogosian was banged up. Uh, they're going to need all their depth this season, suffice to say, right? Yeah, well, look at the Washington Capitals one again tonight, yep. right? So they're they're, mm. they're showing it's crazy. If you're, if you're a really good team, you go out and um, and and that's quite often when you're surprised. But you're right; we all know about depth that way. And you got if you don't have injuries, you got to believe at some time you are going to have some injuries. And the other way around, let's hope that's the case. You know, Jack Campbell last game, like they they show again. I mean. Boy, it was almost dangerous leaving him in for that last minute in the game. I mean, we, we yeah. kept, and he answered the question. Someone asked the question about, yeah, did, any thought about getting out of the game? Because you looked pretty bad. And he said, oh, no, I just wanted to finish that game. Well, obviously, he was kind of finished health-wise, too. So that was unfortunate to hear before the game. But, you know, depth everywhere. Uh, one thing that will help Michael Hutchinson uh, is not having to play with a crowd. And everyone's pulling for the guy. The guy's a local guy. Right. He's a Toronto area guy. Mm -hmm. and he's, he's by all accounts, an excellent guy, like a really <laughs> nice guy. So you're just kind of saying, man, I'd love Nick Alberga to play with the Leafs or Gord Stelling, like, like whatever, you know. So uh, ho here's hoping that 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 works out better whenever he gets that first start. I love Sheldon Keith saying he's a different goalie. Yeah. 
Um, again, that's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. 4-3 win here against the Calgary Flames. Gord, we've talked almost ad nauseum about creating competition, how we both seem to like that, especially for this incarnation of the Maple Leafs. And I like sort of the, you know, the move tonight. You know, for starters, you rest Jason Spezza. We've talked about that, especially even a guy like Zach Bogosian. You find a way to get Miko Letton in the lineup. 13-03, by the way, for Letton in this game. And we'll see post-game if there's any remarks, if he's possibly banged up. But, in you know, I don't mind the idea of creating competition. And I think you look at some of the new guys who made their debuts, Joey Anderson, Travis Boyd, specifically in the first period, not so much later on in the game, but they created a spark and a different look. I think you want to throw multiple looks at teams, especially considering how often teams are playing each other this season. I think that could be crucial. And I, I didn't mind what I saw from those guys tonight. No, no, that's what we were kind of hoping for. And then and the, yeah. the other thing we said is about, you know, get don't have 7D, you know, put him in and give him, give him a chance to see what he can do, you know, and, and, uh, and I, I like that better. And again, don't, don't tell me he's joined the uh, injury list. We'll find out about that. But the, the competition part, Nick, is I'm with you on that, except if you have quantity with no quality. And I, yeah. I, I keep going back to when Dave Nonis, the one year when he was, he was general manager more than one year, but just one year I happened to be doing some work at the uh, corporate golf tournament at the start of the year. And he just quickly mm-hmm. got all the players to stand up and he just said, that's what we're doing this year. We got this many people. We got lots of people. We're going to be fighting for jobs. And they didn't fight for jobs. And, and Dave Nonis didn't have his job at the end of the season. So I, the last two games, I've seen more of like Engvall coming in and just guys, you know, picking it up, not showing that they want to be in the lineup. And that's exactly how you want it to play out. And that's the way it's played out more so the last two games. I think they're onto something with this VC Kerfoot and Simmons uh, trio that they've put together, which sort of fell in their lap because of actually the the one game that Austin Matthews missed, and it allowed them to put this trio together. And I liked what I saw from them in this game. And and how about Wayne Simmons? Uh, you know, you look back at his first goal as a Maple Leaf, the second one much prettier. And again, Justin Hall, we I can't say enough at least uh, good things about this guy. Uh, not only from a defensive point of view, but did you know Justin Hall has five assists in the first eight games this season, Gord? Yeah, I, I just, you know, it's kind of like Michael Delzato's off to a great start in Columbus. Again, yeah. Picked up, you know, similar type thing. Yeah, again, we're, we continue. It's nice when you when you continue to rave about a player and being that consistent and, you know, good on them, good on him getting an extension. We kind of looked at it last year, like nice reward for him. And now you're looking at it. It's actually a pretty good club friendly contract because it, it wasn't a blip. So, uh, yeah. And, and. It's funny, some of those lines that are put together by accident or just by necessity yeah. and could work out. And the other one, just, you know, we go back to the goaltending. And uh, Joseph Wall, I'm really curious, you know, what he can be. I mean, it wasn't great his first year in the American Hockey League last year. Uh, I don't know if you were, I don't know if you were down at Buffalo for the draft in 2016. Of course, Austin I was, yeah. was the big story. Joseph Wall, one of those many kids that are born in St. Louis area, then played in Boston College for three years, uh, had, had a real good three years there. And uh, uh, I met him like everybody. He was a sharp kid. I really liked him. He was very, very personal. He had a very upbeat personality that way. And again, we've the, the problem with the Maple Leafs, Felix Botvin, then James Reimer to a degree, and they haven't developed a goaltender. They, they, you should always have an up-and-coming goaltender around that you're unafraid to put in. And as we mentioned with the injury list, whether it's some defenseman getting hurt tonight, forwards hurt, and now one goaltender, uh, you got to, if Michael, you know, Michael Hutchinson right now is the number three guy, but, you know, you got to hope this guy, you know, has some NHL potential like Carter Hart or Mackenzie Blackwood or Jordan Bennington or, you know, something like that to be able to take a flyer on and, and, and hope that he has the goods if needed. Hoping for Wall to live up to his last name, that's for sure. I also want to touch on the power play, Gord. I just think it's it's good to you know, establish this early on in the season, much similar to a starting pitcher in baseball. Marcus Semyon's a Blue Jay, by the way, to establish the strike zone early because it gets you know hitters thinking. Uh, on the, Along those lines, Toronto right away to start this season has established their power play. You're going to take a penalty. We're going to burn you. They were one for two in this game, now 10 for 24 on the season. Pretty damn impressive, if you ask me. Yeah, you know, that's a real good analogy. And I know you're a baseball guy and, and also good on the Jays, a, a flurry of signing in the last week. But, it's it, yeah, it's about – and when you're in a groove and the other team knows you're in a groove, and, and, and that's a big mental part of the game. Like when you go to bat 
and and you know the pitcher's got it. He's painting the corners, and you you got you know you think a little different. Same thing about you're trying to be a little more reluctant to take a penalty. Uh, also, you go, oh damn, the power play now, and start rolling your eyes. We know that. We know certain power plays that have appeared to be automatic. I mean, last year it was the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, the Leafs. It's it's baffled people sometimes with all that great talent. They generally the last couple of years have had pretty good special teams, pretty good power plays, but. Not all the time, and and you, you know you want to be able to take advantage of that great talent, and they've done that. They've done, you know, they've they've laid the foundation. In I guess we're at the what are we're at the uh, uh, one one tenth mark, yeah, of the season. It's it's a lot quicker. <laughs> it's crazy. You come to it, yeah, you come to it, but they've they've done that early on a lot of things that you know maybe some people had some question marks and a lot of things that they did not start well well uh, last season with. And the other little thing I liked about said power play was the way they infiltrated Miko Lettinen. I'm sure you saw it, but there was a couple shifts where he took with the big boys on PP1. And I like the fact, again, to go back to my point about trying to find some time for some of the guys that could even be on your taxi roster down the stretch here going into the Stanley Cup playoffs. They put Lettinen in a favorable opportunity to succeed and put him with the big boys. I didn't think he looked out of place, and that meant moving Morgan Riley off that first power play. But to get those looks... In this time of year, I think is integral uh, to see what you truly have, especially running a power play in Miko Lettinen, Gord. Yeah, and I, I know it used to be about okay, you earn your way up and you get the odd shift, you get spotted, that type of thing. But but not so much anymore because you got to make decisions relatively quick. Guys come up, they're so well coached, they're so well coached, so they they don't have to learn a lot of what they had to learn a few decades ago. And and uh, yeah, play them like really play them. Like don't don't give them four minutes. Don't give someone four minutes and make them afraid uh, every time they go on the ice. They make one little mistake and 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 they're done. Yeah, give them a chance. Give them a chance to make a mistake. Give them a chance to excel. Put them in good situations. And I think. I think that's something Sheldon Keefe's done really well, Nick. So, Gordo, uh, Jack Campbell, we both concurred the other night, was really, really good. A big reason, obviously, why the Maple Leafs walked away with the first of, of two here in Calgary. I know that the shot volume wasn't there, especially as you referenced in the first period, one shot on goal for the Calgary Flames. But I thought Freddie Anderson was was pretty dialed in, you know, very solid, very steady. I think he made a couple of big time stops in this game. Uh, 23 saves in total again, but I, I think he, he was really important, especially in the second period where we saw that push, that anticipated push, uh, no doubt. Um, you know, some words were said by head coach Jeff Ford in the locker room following that uh, disappointing first period, but I thought Anderson was solid, right? Like he looks way more quiet than he did to start the season. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, his first two starts, and that's why it was so great. They came back against Montreal in the opening game and basically won it for the goaltender who really got out goaltended. But yeah, yeah. So you don't always need 40 shots to have a, a against to have a great game. Um, they got it going in the second and third period, and, and he, he came up with the big saves. I would have to assume he'll start the next game, and uh, mm -hmm. and I, I guess they got two games, and then the Leafs will get a bit of a break. Uh, after that, I don't know if he'll start. But I, I would start them both anyway. But it's just good, good to see the way he's playing. And when Jack Campbell's healthy again, it's just really been solid. Two starts he's had this year, and solid whatever number of starts he had after he came over the trade deadline. Again, that's Gord Stalick. I'm Nick Alberga here on Leafs Nation post game, and I was going to dive right into that conversation with you, Gord. Again, if you're just tuning in, the Maple Leafs defeating the Calgary Flames four three. It's a 6-2-0 start through eight games in this season, but the news earlier today about Jack Campbell will be out weeks, so Michael Hutchinson right now serving as the backup, and uh, I took a quick look at the schedule. Uh, the Maple Leafs don't have a back-to-back board till mid-February, um, the 17th and 18th, I believe, against the Ottawa Senators. What would you do in terms of Frederick Anderson? Because we talked about this so much in the last couple of years working together. It's pretty much every other day, especially in this schedule, but I think the fortunate part for the Maple Leafs is that that five-day break that's upcoming for them. Yeah, uh, I'd play him the rest of this trip since he already had a rest of a game that way. And then after that, uh, whatever the plan you had in place for, and I, you know whatever you had scripted for Jack Campbell, then do that for Michael Hutchinson. Uh, I would do that. You know, get get a get a start or two in if Campbell. It seems like he's going to be out for a few weeks, so that's what I do. And uh, it's I, I don't know if it's two thirds he sort of planned Freddie, but it seems roughly along that. And of course. When you're not in a losing streak, you can you can kind of stay the course that way and and uh, and breathe a little bit as far like Michael. It seemed like every time Michael Hutchinson came in, it was a critical game, uh, mm. you know, a critical moment, a critical everything, and it might be just nice for him one where everything isn't on the line. 
And lastly, Gord, since we are in lockdown, how about the Maple Leafs locking things down after two? And again, it was a bit shaky tonight, but they're 5-0 and this season when leading after two. What do you make of that? Yeah, I, I, I love that stat because there's nothing worse than a and, and I, I think I think last year they had it the longest stretch leading or no excuse me not last year the year before last mm-hmm. year they didn't lead in anything good during the regular <laughs> season and that's just the ability and it really comes comes to fruition in the playoffs to pay the price and and uh, invest in in getting a team win in the third period and these are the kind of these are the kind of things they have to do to grow. Very well said. So again, Freddie Anderson, 23 saves. Mitch Marner, 1-1, one one, including the game winner, Austin Matthews, 1-1, one one, equals a 4-3 uh, victory, excuse me, for the Maple Leafs over the Calgary Flames. 6-2-0 on the season. We'll hit the break. Still to come, Sheldon Keefe, among others. And uh, we hope to connect as well with Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stellick on Twitter. And this is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet, 590 The Fan. Time for a little hockey talkie. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Three on two, VC on the right side. Justin Hall kicked a rebound, scores! Wade Simmons on the rebound of the Maple Leafs have the icebreaker. If anybody out there plays NHL 21, you've seen that goal before. Wayne Simmons, his second as a Maple Leaf, part of a 4-3 win, second consecutive here in Calgary. Toronto now 6-2-0 on the season. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 the fan at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. Gord, did you see after the game the tantrum Matthew Kachuk pulled coming off the ice? Yeah, well, Jake Muzzin flipped the puck. Out. Yeah, he's, so, he's mad. So a little bit of uh, retribution, and then they and they <laughs> were showing after last game. It wasn't just uh, the fall on on Campbell. It was the shot he gave John Tavares at the end of the game. So yeah, that was uh, you know that that that's good. If you get him losing his composure in that kind of way, rather than losing it on the ice but being effective, um, score one for the Leafs. I agree with that one. And again, the Maple Leafs win on the scoreboard. That's where it matters most. No doubt about that. Again, the Maple Leafs winning at 4-3 here against the Calgary Flames. One of 13 in the NHL on this Tuesday night. Um, Gord, I'm sure Kelly McCrimmon never envisioned making his NHL coaching debut anytime soon. But uh, due to uh, circumstances unforeseen in Vegas, that's exactly what happened. And I was really looking forward to this game because Alex Petrangelo was playing his former mates for the first time, of course, winning the cup as the captain a couple of years back. But from all accounts, this is a crazy one. Max Pacioretty nets a hat-trick. Vegas scores two goals in the third. We talk about how crucial points are. The fact that Vegas gets at least a point in that game, I think, is big in that uh, highly contested wet, the, uh, the West Division. Excuse me. Uh, but when all things were said and done, it was St. Louis winning uh, in the shootout here, 5-4 the final. Yeah, well, we saw the Cleveland Brown head coach have to watch from his den, his team win their first playoff game forever. We see what's happened with the Washington Capitals, even though just one of the players uh, was was had a direct involvement, uh, uh, COVID involvement. The four of them mm-hmm. uh, miss, and, and the team didn't miss. We see a couple of teams, Carolina now and Dallas, before missing. And in this case, yeah, they just decided, erring on the side of, uh, being, I don't, I'm not sure which coach, which member of the coaching yeah. staff. Steve Spott, a guy we know, uh, really valued assistant coaches among those. So kind of neat. Kelly McCrimmon's run that Brandon organization for a long time, probably enjoyed it, uh, calling up Joel Warden and a couple of assistants yeah. from the Henderson team. So they got to be, uh, they got to do kind of the first uh, NHL game as an assistant coach. And they probably like it more to your point, even though they didn't win it, they were down by two goals and and they tied it anyway. So they do get that point in that, in that con- hotly contested game against St. Louis. Ward have mercy. Love seeing that. Joel Ward on the bench there for the Vegas Golden Knights. And again, St. Louis winning at 5-4 in the shootout. One of 13 in the NHL on this Tuesday night. Let's bounce around before we get to some post-game here. The New York Rangers falling 3-2 to the Buffalo Sabres. The Florida Panthers, Gord, great to see them back in the NHL. Uh, one of those uh, Sergey Bobrovsky type starts again. I don't know what's going on with him. They got like six years left in that contract, but they find a way to get the win in Columbus via the shootout to the Florida Panthers. Their first 3-0-0 start in franchise history, by the way. Well, it's just what we talked about the Maple Leafs. Like they're the they're the poster child team for finding ways to blow it historically. So <laughs> you're, right. you're so you're so you're right about that. They've had some <laughs> they've had some crazy games, but uh, they're not in the Leafs division this year. They probably will be back in the Atlantic with the Leafs next year, and uh, and they need that. They need that. And you wonder what kind. I still don't think it's a great 
fan base anything like Tampa Bay has what they could possibly mm-hmm. get in Sunrise, Florida, but at least give them a chance to get a winning team in some playoff action. Meantime, former Leaf uh, James Van Riemsdyk, two goals, Philadelphia five, the Devils three. Um, we talked about it a bit earlier, Gord, what the Washington Capitals are doing right now without the Russian four, as you eloquently put it last week, uh, is, is superb in my world. They were the reverse retros. They're playing their AHL team tonight because everybody, including Tom Wilson's out of the lineup, and they still win, beating the New York Islanders 3-2 the final. Peter Laviolette's doing an excellent job so far. Yeah, uh, Leo Komarov uh, took a five-minute major. The mm-hmm. Caps did not score on it. I think it was Justin Falk late in the game. So there's a few games that late goals. So they have not lost in regulation time. And uh, certainly uh, going out there, those guys uh, those guys from goaltenders on are seizing the opportunity. Meantime, in Boston, Gordo, that was crazy in overtime. A 3-0 for the Pittsburgh Penguins did not execute. Boston comes the other way on a 2-0, and they score in overtime. Hockey's a fickle sport sometimes. It's Craig Smith, the winner from Krejci and McAvoy. Boston wins again. I think Boston just loves being that team that everybody counts out, and they continue to win. They're 4-1-1 and to the first six games of the season. Yeah, and Penguins didn't get a power play goal. The Bruins, Marchand, got a shorthanded goal. And those, to me, are always kind of killers and game deciders. They're, they are still the President's Trophy winners from last year, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We kind of forget that. Yeah, not to mention some guy named David Pasternak is expected to come back into the Bruins lineup at some point in time over the next couple of days. And that's uh, tough news for the rest of that division. With that in mind, again, we continue to recap this 4-3 Maple Leafs victory. Uh, Frederick Anderson comes back. Makes 23 saves, gets the victory. Let's hear what he had to say after this one. Freddie, a bit of a wild ride uh, for the team and for you tonight in terms of the the action you were seeing, not so much at first, and then quite a lot of pucks near the end. Uh, in From your perspective, how did the team pull this one out? Yeah, you, you said it pretty good. I think we uh, we scored some big goals at, at the right moments and and then, yeah, had uh, had some good kills uh, at big moments as well. So I think we, uh, yeah, we chalked it up as a... Yeah, a few uh, few tiny goals and uh, and a good uh, couple of PKs, but but yeah, just uh, um, pretty good first period. Obviously, we we didn't really give him anything and uh, got some goals, so that was a good start. You, you've obviously been teammates with Mitch Marner for a while now. What's your perspective uh, and what's standing out to you about the way he started this season? Oh, he's just good. He's uh, he's a uh, he's a skillful player. He, he sees the ice so well and creates a lot of time uh, time and space out there, and then. Uh, yeah, great shot today. So that was uh, that was nice to see. Thank you. Next up, we'll go to Kevin McGrand, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. Hey, pretty. Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, about Mitch's shot. We've all known what a great shot Austin's had all all his career, but Mitch really seems to have stepped up his game on the shot wise. What have you seen of his progression as a shooter when you when you face him in practice? Yeah, I think it's underrated. I think he. Uh, He's good at picking spots, and he's good at uh, being pretty elusive and um, and and trick trick you a little bit of where he's going to go. And that's uh, that's probably what he's he's been really good at. I think he he wants to be more than an incredible passer and playmaker. I know he wants to to to, to add to his, his his game, and and I think he's done that. Uh, yeah, throughout the years I played with him. As a goalie, when you're looking at guys who have good shots and are good playmakers, is it all the more tough to? To anticipate what they're going to do with the puck. Yeah, of course. There's more options, so you gotta you gotta respect both the shot and and uh, and pass options. So that's uh, yeah. The more you, the better you can be at both. Obviously, it's going to help you. Thank you. And last one here, we'll go to Terry Koshan, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Terry. Hey, Fred. When you guys have a game like that, where you know it's kind of one story in the first and another one in the second period. You still managed to battle and win. Uh, what do you think that says about the team and, and some growth that's made here in the past couple of years? Or, or do you see it that way? How do you see it? Yeah, of course, it's it's good char- character to to battle these games out and, and get uh, get the two points. Obviously, we had a chance to take to take all four today in, in this little mini series, and then we wanted to do that. So that was uh, it was really really nice to see just the way that we we um, yeah we battled till the end and and, and got away with the. Yeah, with the two points again tonight, so that's, uh, that's nice. Obviously, we don't want to make it this hard every night, but um, again, it's good, uh, like you said, character win. So. In a rocking chair, that is Frederick Anderson, 23 saves as part of this 4-3 Maple Leaf victory in Calgary. Again, after Jack Campbell got the win, he's now hurt, but Freddie Anderson back in between the pipes and uh, gets the job done tonight, Gord. 
Yeah, kind of guy. If you invite him to a party, the next day he said, "How was the party? Uh, it was pretty good." No, really. Did you have a good time? Yeah, no. Anyway, it's always Tremendous. probably a, probably a good demeanor to have as a, a goaltender. Well, one of his big buddies he hangs with is Austin Matthews, and the other, Mitch Marner, and our our buddy is Stevie Fellin with all yes. the stats. So, when Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews score in a game, it means you score at least two goals. That's a positive. But the Leafs are twenty six two and two because uh, wow. they both did it tonight. So twenty six wins two losses and two overtime or shootout losses. So that's a pretty phenomenal record when these two guys score like they did tonight. And they were buzzing, no doubt about it. Again, when Toronto was going, they were a tough team to beat, especially when you have the depth uh, following up the Tavares line. I know it was more of a quiet more of a quiet night, I would say, for Zach Hyman and Willie Nylander. John Tavares did his thing out there, but I thought the uh, the Matthews on in general was really, really driving play, and, and Mitch Marner's off to a dazzling start so far this season uh, with 12 points in eight games. He had one and one in this game, including the game winner here in the third period. Let's hear what Mitch Marner had to say. Mitch, not easy to, to beat a good team back-to-back, especially on the road. Uh, what was your perspective on how the team got it done tonight? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the first period we uh, came out how we wanted to. Uh, second period, obviously, we sat back, gave them everything, gave them all the opportunities. Freddie stood strong for us there. Um, you know, I think uh, we gave up way too many shots, chances against. Uh, Ozone wasn't there for us, controlling it wise puck. Um, but uh, like I said, Freddie kept us strong in there. Um, and then coming up to the third, I think, again, we're kind of sitting back a little bit too much. But uh, I think everyone kind of got their feet under them, kind of calmed down on the bench and uh, did what we needed to do. What did you see on the game-winning goal? Was that an example of that kind of shot mentality you talked about wanting to establish? Um, I mean, I think I just – I've really been working on that shot with Mats. Um, I mean, I think uh, if I can try and find that spot more so, um, I know Mats can find me there. So uh, we've been trying to work on that shot a lot. Uh, for me, I was just trying to get off my stick quickly and onto the net uh, for, you know, a chance on net for a rebound or something for Jaime or to go in, which it did. So – um, but again, I mean, I'm trying to get more of a shot mentality in there, trying to be more of a threat and, uh, it's a great dish by Maddie and that's uh, a big goal. Next up, we'll go to Kevin McGrand, Toronto star. Go ahead, Kevin. Mitch, about your shot. How much do you work on it? Like 12 months a year, all season and, and, and how you, you seem to really have gotten better with it in the last uh, year or two. What are you doing to, to get to another level with that shot? Uh, I mean, I think obviously weight helps. Put on a lot of weight since first and second year and got a lot stronger on my stick and everything like that. More flex. Um, well, I guess less flex on my stick actually and gone higher up in that range. But um, I mean, I think just the last three years I've been trying to work on it last year. I mean, it's just, I feel like it's a mentality thing. Uh, I feel like I really want to try and make an extra play most of the times. But um, this year around, trying to just be more of a threat and more of a guy that can uh, be more of a consistent shooter on net and kind of change things up a lot on goalies. And uh, that's what I did tonight. I mean, I had a couple of good opportunities in the second, uh, just missed the net on both, which I got to fix that opportunity. But um, like I said, great play by Maddie there. Uh, it's a great dish by him and creating space. And for me, it's uh, trying to put it in. Thank you. And last question here, we'll go to Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke. Hi, Mitch. Uh, a lot of tight one-goal games for your team so far this year. Any theories as to why that is and if this will maybe serve the group uh, for the for the good in the long run? Um, I mean, I don't really know how to answer. If I guess it's the NHL. It's, I mean, there's no blowouts. Um, it's never really going to be a blowout. And every once in a while, you'll see it like we did the other night. But until then, it's, uh, it's a grind every night, every shift. Can't give up anything to your opponents. We did in the second. We gave them a lot of opportunities. They capitalized on the one, and then they capitalized on that power play in the third. But um, I think just in general, you're never really going to see a lot of three, four goal games. I mean, two goal games, it's usually because of the empty net goals or something like that. So for our team, it's uh, just making sure we play with confidence when we have leads. Uh, I think we've had good control with it, but I think we still sometimes sit back a little too much, get a little panic in our D zone, and start throwing pucks away when – all we got to do is just communicate to each other, talk to each other, figure out exits, come up together as a unit and uh, get into the old zone and start working on our structure there and trying to figure out how we can tire them out. All right, there's the uh, Mitch Marner Zoom call, one and one in this one, 12 points in the season. It's sort of uh, funny. I know we're confined to our condos and homes right now, Gord, but uh, nobody's really talking about contracts these days in Toronto, are they? 
Uh, no. Well, the good part is, regardless of uh, being COVID world and the flat cap, I mean, that was the disproportional distraction with those guys, Nylander, Mitch Marner, and, and Austin Matthews. Uh, Freddie Anderson a little bit, but I think we all have accepted that we'll wait till the end of the season. Morgan Riley's the next one, though. Morgan Riley uh, the year yep. after this, but uh, not in the same boat as those guys. Gord, I'm a firm believer that a hot start can really, you know, set a team up for a season. You look back at the last couple of years, last year specifically, everything surrounding Mike Babcock, it was just that type of negative start. The fact that Toronto is off to a hot start, I think is so integral for this team because it just gets everybody in a good mood. The confidence is growing by the game. Even if you have a couple of games where they're stinkers or you lose, I still think, you, you know, there's the recency of knowing that you, you have the confidence to get over that hill, which... I think in the last couple of years, last year especially, they were just buried right off, and, and they couldn't they couldn't salvage the season after that. Did you look at it that way? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with your perspective, Nick. I mean, Buffalo Saber fans would say two years ago um, they loved the great start, and then they had the boomerang. So you don't want the boomerang, and then you have a horrible finish, and everyone's pissed off at the end mm-hmm. of the day. But th- this team, more than any, it needed a good start because last year they flat out never got off on the right foot. And even when they did the best hockey, when Sheldon Keefe first took over, they never had it for the complete regular season. They never had it in the play in round either. So they needed, they needed to set the table properly getting the kind of start they have had so far this season. Definitely have their mojo working right now due to the Maple Leafs. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. A 4-3 win here in Calgary for your Maple Leafs. 6-2-0 in the first eight games of the season. Next up, a uh, stop. And again, playing the Edmonton Oilers for the next two, Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and something tells me the Oilers, we keep saying this, this is a recording, are going to be unhappy with their defensive play. But uh, whatever that was, again, against Winnipeg tonight, it's scary what's going on in Edmonton, Gordo. Yeah, and, and uh, if... Again, Connor McDavid has not said one one word, one iota about wanting to leave. I'm just saying what, you know, he, he is, uh, it's his fifth season there, right? You know, or, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just, and he committed for eight years and, uh, and you're still going through this. You're still going through this, that you have no D and poor Koskinen and goal. It's yeah. They had a lead tonight, two goal lead. And man, anyway, um, if he feels they'll turn the corner and Leon Dreisaitl does as well, they both committed. But it, it it's it's baffling, or it's just unfortunate how terrible they are defensively. But Nick, it's been for yeah. a number of years now. Like look 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 mm-hmm. what Mark Bergerman did in Montreal. Look at a few other places about just getting a you know getting getting some plugs here and there. I'm not here to pile up on Tyson Berry, and I'm not going to. I'm just going to say numbers. Eight games, he has two assists and a minus six player. And uh, again, we'll see Toronto and Edmonton two more times this week. Uh, four of six as part of that. Uh, but again, it, it just hasn't gone according for plan. I don't know what it is with Edmonton. I, I guess we do know what it is. They just don't have the depth. The goaltending and Miko Koskinen, while he could be great one game, the next he can't. I just don't think he's a guy who's sustainable for a long stretch run as a number one. And that's why you need that you know close tandem guy, whatever you want to call it. They don't have Mike Smith right now. I think Troy Grosnick could back up on Thursday. I don't know how that situation is going, but you sort of feel for that team because you're right. Uh, every year is a year wasted with Drysaddle and McDavid, and it's disappointing just as a neutral observer here. Well, they're supposed to, they're supposed to be in the playoffs. You want those guys in the playoffs as yeah. an NHL fan. You want the elite players. You don't want them to beat your own team, but you want them in the playoffs. All right, let's bring in Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca following this 4-3 win for the Leafs. They're now 6-2-0 on the season. Again, it's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan. Uh, Luke, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, what was the most impressive part about this victory for you? Oh, that they that they hung on and won and got the point mm. after, you know, they, they played pretty much the perfect period or about as good of a period as you can ask for in the first. But then it was all Calgary. Um, and I, I just think, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, this is the kind of game that the Leafs would have lost, that the, once the momentum switched, they might not have been able to get it back. So the fact that they they hung on and, and were able to, to get the winner, um, Mitch Marner's shot looks, looks impressive. Um, he didn't have that shot a couple of years ago. And the other thing that I think will kind of fly under the radar because of the antics at the end, because... Austin and Nitz combined for a couple goals is the fact that the bottom six gave him some production. You know, another goal from Wayne Simmons and Travis Boyd got a goal for that that new look fourth line. Um, so I think the depth scoring was also kind of a nice little uh, 
side story to this one for Toronto. Yeah, we we'll want to touch on the antics uh, in a second as well. But just, you know, we were saying a little bit by default because of the injuries, and I know he's tried different combinations, but VC Kerfoot and Wayne Simmons look like they could be that kind of line that, you know, Sheldon Keith's been looking to get out of his third and fourth lines. Yeah, I, I thought both um, both the bottom six lines had strong showings, especially in the early going. Um, and I thought it was really telling that, he was still rolling them towards the end when the game was on the line. In, in some past games, we've seen him kind of shy away from that and just keep, you know, really pumping out the top six. And um, some of the superstars had lower ice times than, the, than they've had in the early going here. And I think that's a credit to lines like Kerfoot's and Travis Boyd's um, having good games. And that's what they need. Uh, I think the Leafs now have 13 goal scorers in eight, eight games. So um, there was some questioning whether they had the depth, you know, after they gave away, not gave away, but traded away guys like Johnson and, and Kapanen. Um, had they traded away too many forwards was the question. And uh, I, I think they're showing that they didn't get these secondary contributions further down the lineup. I think Kerfoot's looked great. I think the Cavs looked amazing. Um, mm-hmm. He just hasn't been able to finish. Poor guy. Uh, he had another couple chances tonight. Um, but you know, once he scores a goal, then you're up to, to 14 goal scores. You're right. You're right. Subi McKeev has been buzzing the last couple games with Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca, Nick Alberga, and Gord Stelic with you on Leafs Nation post game. Um, can you speak maybe about the challenges of covering an NHL team during COVID, during the Zoom calls? And the reason why I asked that question is because the lack of updates uh, when it comes to injuries, you know, to the extent of even the other night where uh, Jack Campbell wasn't going to say anything. Was there any update? Uh, I know we're going to play Sheldon Keefe a bit later on, on maybe a Bogosian or a Miko Lettinen who were dinged up late in this game. No, and, and Bogosian uh, came back and, and yeah. played after after he went down. So, uh, no, there was no updates. It, yeah, <laughs> coming into the challenge. Well, for for one, we're not traveling right now. Um, yeah. Sportsnet's reporters are, are just allowed to, to go to the home games, um, but not the away games. So you miss out on the morning skeets. Um, you miss out on, on watching practice because there's lots of little things you can pick up that way. And then on yeah. the Zoom calls, you know, you're limited to one question, and then often they'll mute you, and you can't even ask a, a follow-up for clarification. So... It, it poses its challenges. Um, of course, we all understand why why we have to do it this way, but it, it does it does make covering a team a little more unique. Uh, now, again, for us too, because I'm a little far away from the TV set when I came to get set up here. So, what exactly happened at the end? Oh, so right after the the buzzer, Jake Muzzin kind of flipped the game puck uh, right uh, right at Matthew Kachuk's chest because he was kind of down in the corner, um, kind of like, here, take that, we won. We just took two games from you. Um, mm. So there wasn't, there wasn't any retribution in-game in terms of, you know, fisticuffs or uh, big, big hits on, on Kachuk um, as sort of retribution for maybe taking a little bit of liberties with his, his knee on the back of Jack Campbell's head the first game of the series. But, um, you know, the, it, that little that little uh, gesture by Muzzin showed that the Leafs did, did take notice. So Kachuk didn't take kindly to it, and he immediately went after him. The refs intervened, um, but Kachuk was livid, and he started smashing water bottles and, and banging the glass on his way out. So um, it's a good, good thing we're going to get to see, what what is it, six, seven more of these matchups? Yep, seven more. And flames? Yeah, so uh, I'm sure the, uh, the memories will be long. Yeah, you're right. And for anybody who hasn't seen it, it wasn't to the degree, the degree excuse me, of Patrick Maroon, what he did in the Stanley Cup final, throwing it into the uh, the Dallas Stars bench. But it was a little how she go in there. Um, and yeah. he got an unsportsmanlike conduct, by the way, following it. But I, I, it's nothing to sneeze at. It's not like a suspensions are coming anything. And I, I think no, it just, no. I, I think it's just setting a point. Uh, you know, I, I think that we're in this for the long haul. I know it's a bit different than trying to drop the gloves, but I think showing Kachuk that like, hey, we got this one, bud. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a little acknowledgement, and it got under his skin. You know, usually it's mm-hmm. Kachuk getting that under other people's skin. So uh, he definitely took offense to it, um, and it'll be uh, it'll be a talking point next time we, these two teams clash. Luke, awesome job! Thanks so much for this. Appreciate it. Okay, have a good night, guys. 
You as well. That's Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. We're so uh, happy to have him on here, especially at this hour in the uh, Eastern time zone. A uh, 4-3 win here for the Maple Leafs. They're 6-2-0 in the season. Uh, what did you gather from that conversation, Gordo? Uh, it was good getting his insight. People out there understanding yeah. about, you know, covering things. But just, yeah, lo- you know, looks like us. This was one that Calgary really came on, and the Maple mm-hmm. Leafs are finding ways to win games because the momentum had swung the Flames' way. And, you know, more often than not last year, that would mean the Flames tie it up and we had overtime or the Flames flat out win it. Yeah, because ultimately through, you know, a 56-game schedule, the Maple Leafs are going to have it more than they don't. And certainly to find ways to win games, I think, is just so important for this team, considering, again, you're going to have your games where you're just flying. And we've seen it at points of times through the first eight games, and sometimes we have it. And the fact that they won six of eight is really, really good news. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation post game. Let's hear now from the head coach of the Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon, you spoke this morning about how it's it's not easy to beat a team twice in a row. Uh, and it certainly wasn't easy tonight. How did you see your team find a way? Well, obviously, we were reeling there for quite a while, uh, you know, but the fact that our best people just got to work when the things were all even again and went out there and uh, found a way to get us another one, and then we were pretty good there right to the very end. And, again, the penalty kill you know, made it even harder on ourselves, but – it was a pretty, pretty gutsy win that way. You know, we don't like a lot of things about the game today in terms of how we let them back in it, of course. You know, that just shows, again, where we need to continue to grow as a team. At the same time, that's that's a good team over there. That's two games. They played us hard. Uh, they carried play for good chunks of time in both games. So we knew they were going to push back. Uh, you know, I wish we, we, we could have been a little, a little bit better there. But to come out of it with another win here tonight, is a really good sign for our team in terms of the resiliency and uh, you know not not folding and and you know not feeling sorry for ourselves when we give up the lead when they find their way back all really good healthy signs for our team but uh, there's lots of things we'll take away from here tonight that will help us get better from here next up we'll go to terry koshay toronto sun go ahead terry sheldon so that first period what did you like and what can you take out of that because you know to outshoot a team like you did and outscored them, you know, two nothing. But uh, really, the Flames had nothing. What, what positives did you take defensively out of that first? Well, I thought we were really tight. Our gaps were tight. We, you know, we got above the puck really quickly. Really controlled the neutral zone very well. Uh, didn't give them any opportunities to get going. And they got a lot of skill, a lot of skill, a lot of speed. When you are loose in the neutral zone. They attack the line with control, and then you know they go to work in the offensive zone. So that's kind of what happened in the second period. It was it was a lot looser in that, in that regard, you know. But in the first, we were real tight. We didn't give them much space uh, to operate. I do think the shots on goal were a little bit misleading. You know, when you look at the actual shot attempts and time in zone, they actually spent more time in our end than we spent in theirs. Uh, but uh, we defended real well, and, and that's why you know, not a whole lot of high-danger stuff got, got to the net. And so that was really positive, but you know, we had talked in the intermission that it was going to, going to be a much different second period, and it certainly was. So uh, you know, we would, would have liked to handle that a little bit better. Thanks. Next up, we'll go to Kevin McGrand, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. Sheldon, what did you think of the guys you added tonight? Travis obviously scores. Uh, Miko played a bit more, uh, and Joey too. Do you kind of like what you have in terms of competition for spots at those parts of the lineup? Yeah, I do. You know, I thought that uh, that line, you know, the additions of Boyd and Anderson uh, with Thingval, I thought we got real good shifts out of them. Obviously a goal, that's huge. We haven't had uh, a lot of production coming, you know, from there. Simmons scores a goal as well. So, you know, from those lines uh, to get production, that's that's really big and really important. Uh, you know, so I, I did like what we got from those guys. I obviously felt confident enough to put them out there real late in the game and had a pretty good sense that they wouldn't send their best people. Those guys gave us a good shift, and then unfortunately one goes over the glass, uh, you know, and we're, uh, we're holding on pretty tight to the end. But those guys gave us a lot. Uh, you know, at the same time, I think you know, when we look at the players we took out and those guys did anything – you know, whether it's uh, Dermot on defense or Spezza on forward, Bear Bonoff, those guys haven't done, haven't done anything to come out. It's just, it was just more a matter of us 
needing to make changes just to get other people involved. And, you know, with no exhibition games, we don't want to allow too much time to, to, uh, to go by here without giving people opportunity to play and, and get a game. Cause you just, you just don't know when you're going to need these, these guys as we've already seen with the injuries and having to change the lineup with Robertson and Thornton and Matthews for a game, you know, we want to make sure we're giving these guys a chance to play. Uh, so that's why we made the changes, you know, in terms of Dermot and Spezza, uh, you know, I, I like what these guys have done and, and that's not why we made the changes. It was more just to keep other people involved. Next up, we'll go to Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke. Hi, Sheldon. Where's your comfort level at with Miko letting in right now? I, I still think we're, we're in that stage of, you know, getting a, getting a feel for what he can bring. We're really confident and comfortable with him on the power play. There's no doubt about that. I think at, at even strength, there's there's a lot to for us to still find out in terms of how we can handle, you know, different matchups and you know, how much we need to protect them and give him an opportunity to really adjust to the league and to the pace of play and the competition. Uh, so I would still say we're we're uncomfortable. I, I think uh, I think if if you were speaking honestly, Miko's probably a little uncomfortable too. That's that's where we're at here with this these types of, this type of season. No exhibition games. That's where you get all these bugs out, and that's where you get a feel for guys. So uh, we we don't have that luxury. So whether it's Miko or whether it's you know any of our other depth players, we've been moving in and out. It's uh, it's a challenge, but you know, every team is dealing with that in their own way, and, and we'll continue to get him involved when we can, and you know give him opportunities to to gain, get comfortable himself. And then over time he'll, he'll learn the, the trust of the coaching staff and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult, no doubt. And last one here, we'll go to Kevin McGran, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. And just about Mitch, he, he really seems to have worked on his shot. It seems far more dangerous than it used to be. What's it say about a player of his caliber that wants to get better and add something to his arsenal, even as good as he already was? Well, I think a real differentiator from the, the true great players, uh, you know, the truly elite players of the league, they're not satisfied. They're continuing to find ways to tweak uh, their game, whether it's adding something as, as such as improving your shot or one-timer. I mean, Austin last season, you know, added a one-timer and, and that threat to his game and, and it became really dangerous that way. And then you see how he scored to, tonight on the, on the power play is, you know, a different type of shot. One that was more that you'd see early in, in his, in his uh, few years in the league. Uh, you know, but Mitch is always looking for ways to get better. All of our best players are, they really push uh, everybody in that regard, uh, you know, to continue to find ways. When you see Mitch Marner, John Tavares, Austin Matthews, William Elander out on the ice every day, uh, practicing and working on different things and spending their off season and trying to add different layers to the game, uh, it uh, it it certainly makes you, uh, if you're if you're a player that is, you know, not at their level that you are. You got no excuses. You got to keep pushing and working and, and they set the bar in that regard. And that's, that's good and healthy for our team and for those guys. All right, Sheldon, Keith, Gord, quick word here on Thursday. Uh, yeah. First, I agree about the first period. I know the shot, no shots after 18 minutes, but it looked closer than that. And yeah, onto the, Hey, do it again. Last time they had the Edmonton owners and couldn't put the saber in them. So to speak, come on, you got him a down team right now. Go for it. Go for the juggler. I Totally agree. Many thanks to uh, Sam McKee and Danielle Frittat. I'll be back with you for Leafs Nation postgame on Thursday night. For Gord Stelic, I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening.